Welcome to the Future of ERP podcast from SAP. My name is Richard Howells. I'm the Vice President for Thought Leadership for SAP's ERP, Finance and Supply Chain Solutions. And I'm joined by my co-host, Ikyu Ilgar. Ikyu, if you could introduce yourself, please. Hello, everyone. I'm Ikyu Ilgar, and I'm a blogger and marketer in the area of ERP and supply chain at SAP. And today we are going to be talking about ERP predictions for 2023 and beyond with our guest, Simo Said. Welcome, Simo. Would you like to introduce yourself, please? Hi, Oiku. Hi, Richard. And thank you for the invitation. I'm extremely pleased to be with you today. And I'm Simo Said. I'm heading product marketing at SAP for ERP and finance. This includes our flagship ERP product, SAP S4HANA Cloud, Rise of SAP Solution, the whole portfolio for finance and risk, as well as ERP for small and mid-sized organization. So, Simo, welcome. You and I have been around a long time, around the ERP space, me probably a bit longer than you. Back in the late 90s, Gartner said ERP was going to be gone in the next 10 years. So why are we still talking about ERP in 2023? Well, that's a great question, Richard. And I think my first response will be that ERP has never been more relevant than today. I mean, if there is one thing today in today's world that's constant is uncertainty. And this is visible at all levels, climate change, inflation, supply chain, disruption, which is a topic that is very close to you, are just a few examples. So the reality is that business innovation is a necessity for survival today. And I can give you an interesting number. I was reading a magazine recently, and the report was saying that since 2000, 52% of companies in the Fortune 500 have gone out of business. And it's predominantly because of digital disruptions. In fact, if you look at it, it's now well known that technology innovations provide enterprises with new opportunities for value creation. From 1955 to 2011, it took Fortune 500 companies an average of 20 years to reach a billion dollar valuation. Today's digital startups are getting there in four. So if you take a company like Moderna, Moderna is a biotechnology firm that pioneers the development of messenger RNA, you know, vaccines to produce medicines for a wide range of diseases and conditions. And having the right ERP in place was crucial for their business and specifically for their business to scale quickly. And it's even more important for a biotech startup taking on a deadly virus, as we know. So SAP helped to quickly manage Moderna's transition from a startup to a leader in the vaccine market during the COVID-19 pandemic. So this illustrates for me the importance of ERP today to bring the kind of speed, scale, innovation, and productivity benefits that only the cloud makes possible and needed by all enterprises today. And I would maybe close on the importance of ERP today with a quote from Clayton Christensen, former professor of of business administration at the Harvard Business School. And he used to say that breaking on an old business model is always going to require leaders to follow their instincts but there will always be persuasive reasons not to take a risk. But if you only do what worked in the past, then you will wake up one day 
and find that you have been passed by your competitors. So that is why ERP is still and will continue to be relevant and I would say essential for running businesses across all industries in the next decades. Maybe we can level set on definition. What do you mean when you say ERP? Well, that's an excellent question because obviously ERP has evolved a lot in the last decades, right? So ERP stands for Enterprise Resource Planning. And if you look at the academic definition of ERP, it started with being a system helping to manage minimum free functions of the organization using the same database. So in other words, companies were shifting from having multiple system, one for managing, for example, finance, another one for HR, another one for logistics, and moving into an integrated system that can manage all mission critical processes of the organization. So that was the initial definition of an ERP and what SAP invented back in 1972. Five decades later, if you look at how we would look at an ERP, it does much more than driving integration inside the organization and helping manage all mission critical business processes. In reality, what we see an ERP doing today is still the backbone of the organization, meaning helping to run mission critical operations in real time. So that's an essential element of what an ERP does. The second thing is to help build and execute and drive new business models that are specific to the industry. And the third piece that is extremely important is actually to help global expansion. You, whatever country in which you operate, whether it's in North America, in Europe, in Asia, you want to make sure that all your organization uses the same system and obviously speaks the same language. And that is, in essence, what an ERP does today or what a good definition of an ERP would be today. So we talked about what ERP is, how it really started, and we touched a little bit off the evolution side of ERP. Let's dig into the evolution part of ERP more. What are the main eras of ERP? That's pretty fascinating when you look at the evolution of ERP, and you can make many analogies like with the car industry where and how we started uh, with the first uh, Ford automobiles, as an example, to now electrical vehicles. So to generalize a bit, we've seen three eras of ERP. The first era was sparked by globalization in the 80s and 90s predominantly. So this was the era of operational efficiencies when organizations turned to ERP to help them do business across oceans and borders. It was heavily, let's say, cost-oriented and focused on the bottom line. So if I just take the example of SAP, these were the days of R2, R3, until SAP ERP. The second era of ERP was predominantly caused by digital disruption that we saw in early 2000s. So this became the era of real-time business when organizations needed to drive accelerated business growth by responding quicker 
to market opportunities. The idea was to really get the insight that you need in the moment where you need it, because you have that window of opportunity in the market that you don't want to miss. And that was really where the expectation from ERP was to provide this level of responsiveness to market changes. And by bringing together transactions and analytics within the same system, we saw another element of value brought to the organization, which is top line growth and speed. And as an example, this is when we at SAP launched SAP HANA, our revolutionary in-memory database, and then s hana our next generation ERP. And today we are in a third era of ERP characterized by two main elements, resilience and business innovation in the cloud. Because of things like geopolitical unrest, cybersecurity threats, supply chain disruptions, sustainability mandates, companies are shifting focus from efficiency to resiliency. And resiliency in the short term to weather some of these storms, but also resiliency for the future. So it's not sufficient today to just be resilient, right? And businesses need to innovate and grow. They need to develop new business models as well as automate their business processes. And they need to do it at speed and scale while also running more sustainably. And that is where also cloud comes into play because it brings you that speed and agility that you need to drive continuous innovation and be able to adapt more easily to all changes that are happening in the market. So that is in essence, the three main areas of evolution of ERP. And coming back to the first question from Richard, why, you know, that justifies the, and explains the longevity of ERP along the decades and why it is even more relevant today. One was to help organization become global. Second, to help organization become digital leaders. And today it's about, again, being resilient to all these changes that we are seeing and that we will continue to see. So how do you manage your business in a context of uncertainty while continuing to accelerate growth, meaning business innovation in the cloud? I see. So ERP is here to stay. And as we are talking about the future of ERP, what are you seeing as top priorities for business executives in 2023 and beyond? I think we're seeing uh, three major challenges for organization. The first one that I mentioned is unprecedented pace of change for organization. The second one is all the supply chain disruption that we are seeing. And the third one is a mandate to drive sustainability across the organization. So if you look at these three elements, of course, there is a responsibility for leaders to embed these priorities into their strategy. So when we bring this into an ERP context, SAP's ERP, as an example, has evolved again to meet these challenges. And accordingly, we need to find, or there is a new way of thinking about ERP. In the past, we focused on endpoints with ERP, meaning you buy ERP, implement ERP, and then you have reached the destination. ERP is no longer a destination. It's a journey to business outcomes. 
So it's not good enough for ERP to get you from here to there. ERP needs to take you from here to there and there and there and there. Simply the nature of ERP has changed because business has changed. So cloud technology enables all companies of all shapes and sizes to realize the benefits of cloud ERP. So when it comes to priorities and why, coming back to Richard's first question again, why ERP is more relevant than ever, that ERP is no longer back office. In fact, back office and front office thinking hasn't been relevant for years. So ERP is now the center of gravity for business innovation. So things like introducing new business model. If you're a manufacturing product-centric organization and you want to introduce new business models that are subscription-based as an example and move to a service-centric approach, this is exactly the kind of capabilities that ERP will deliver today. Another example is in the area of automation. What we're seeing is a higher degree of automation across business processes. What companies need more and more in order to be, again, more resilient and be able to adapt to all these changes that are happening in real time in the market is to bring artificial intelligence in the context of processes. So automated business processes is something that we're seeing as a major element. And the third one is that all organizations are required to be responsible organization uh, towards their community, towards their country, towards their region. And obviously, we all have a responsibility when it comes to sustainability. So how do you manage sustainability? How do you embed sustainability into your business processes and operations? That is one element as to where ERP plays an essential role. And the other element is obviously compliance, right? You need to ensure that your business is compliant with all regulations, be it from a sustainability standpoint, tax regulation, et cetera, et cetera. And where this is going moving forward, I think there are a few areas where we can already predict the future of ERP. I talked about automated process. I think we're going to move more and more to autonomous business processes. I mean, we can make here again the analogy with the car industry, but we are seeing similar trends where based on trends that we're seeing based on similar situation, the system would be able to react to events, to signals that are received from the market. And because of the intelligence that we're going to bring in the context of these business processes, we could step-by-step step evolve into autonomous business processes. The second thing that is going to be a major evolution is, and this is something that we at SAP announced at last the tech ed event is the opportunity to expand and augment your ERP with new applications that are not necessarily developed by tech savvy experts, but by any business user in the organization. That refers to this low code, no code type of de deployment approach that allows any business user to be able to expand and extend the scope of cloud ERP to meet specific business requirements at specific point of time in the journey of the organization. So that's another major area of evolution. And this means that the whole human interaction 
is also going to change dramatically in the coming years with an ERP. Used to be a, a system of record, meaning that a system where all transactions of the organization are happening and being captured. And we're going to see really an evolution of the, the system to allow basically more intelligent decisions. Uh, we've still obviously the human interactions, but position at the high level to analyze the insight and obviously uh, take the right decision, but letting a lot of the tasks or operational tasks more and more managed by the system. So, Simo, when we have this human interaction, I mean, historically, they'd be sitting at their desk on their computer, getting the information. But the pandemic, where everyone started working from home, mobile became a necessity. What are you seeing about the multi-experience of ERP users moving forward? What other types of devices do you see them leveraging to get information anywhere, anytime? Well, I think this is a major trend that we are seeing in ERP, and it started a few decades ago. But one area, for example, that we see expanding is the area of collaboration that wherever, whatever system you're using, you can connect basically to an ERP and drive collaboration in this context. But I would like to maybe expand a little bit on, on this topic. If you look at it, I mentioned the term that has been used for many years of system of record, right? That's how ERP was defined initially to be able to, again, manage all transactions of any organization and record all these transactions in the database. The evolution then that happened in the year 2000 was to actually, as I mentioned earlier, bring transactions and analytics together. The way it used to work is that companies had a transactional system and an analytical system. So they were running transactions on one side, typically in an ERP, and then they were taking this data, bringing it into a system like business intelligence, where they were analyzing all this data. And there was a lot of technical constraint that obliged organization to have this setup. What we did in 2011 at SAP, for example, with introduction of HANA, that database helped actually to break this line and this divide, this segregation between transactional system and decision system. So this means that a business user was able within the same environment to manage, execute transactions, and on the other side, be able to analyze data and make decisions within the same environment. What we are seeing coming more and more is evolving into a system that, yes, will continue to be a system of record and decision for the organization, but it's going to be more and more a system of engagement and a system of change. So system of engagement is exactly coming to your point, meaning that wherever you are, whatever your role in the organization, you will be able to interact with the system and you will be able to interact in multiple ways and often in a personalized way in regards to your role, how you like working and the kind of tasks that you need to manage on a daily basis. And there is an important element that I mentioned earlier, which is this resiliency element, which is really why ERP is so relevant today. And that's why I think we're going to evolve 
slowly to this system of change, meaning that the ERP will be able for some of the changes that are seen in the market to adapt or to provide the response to the business user as to how, what should be the right response to the change so that the company can still meet its objective. And I think that is the evolution that we're going to see more and more because of more and more AI infused application. I still believe that we are just at the beginning of what AI can bring in the context of business application. And we start to see clearly an acceleration amplification as we saw it in the past. It, it's interesting because as you've been talking, I've downloaded the ITC Futurescape predictions for intelligent ERP in 2023. And the first prediction, triggered by a storm of disruption, economic issues, and the need to be digital by 2024, 30% of organizations globally will combine DIY and partner applications to automate their entire business, which is the example that you gave earlier with the build example. And then another prediction, by mid-2024, 50% of end users will leverage AI-infused applications moving from a system of record. They're saying to an intelligent to a system of intelligent planning, but that is exactly what you're saying, but in different words, it's be able to respond to change and have better visibility of the information. And the, the last one I would highlight is that by mid-2024, 25% of companies will use sustainability to assist in the selection of modern applications. So with that particular one in mind, are you seeing sustainability getting embedded into business processes rather than being a side project? For us, it's already, you know, default in our uh, ERP and it, it started uh, several years ago with different kind of product and we continue to enrich the portfolio for sustainability to again, help our customers manage sustainability across their business. So that is going to be default capabilities required in any ERP, similar to what we offer for driving financial close or building a manufacturing plan that is for me going to be inherent to what ERP offers. But there is an element I would like to add, Richard, because that's a very, very important element in the context of ERP and also the question on sustainability is the industry dimension. And if you look at the history here again of ERP, initially focused on a, a core set of capabilities and then going deeper from a line of business perspective, right? So, providing more capabilities for finance, for human resources, for procurement, et cetera, and then naturally evolving to getting closer to industry-specific requirements. And I think that's going to be the trend because when we talk about sustainability, you have organizations that do have more impact on your environment than the other one. And that's another important dimension to bring is that, yes, sustainability from a regulatory requirement perspective, having all the reporting in place again, embedding sustainability into operations and processes. But it's also important to bring this in the context of the industry. And that's also an angle where, at least at SAP, what we have been doing for many years is make sure that ERP is as, as close as possible to the three best practices that we are seeing. And obviously, providing these best practices to organizations, large, medium, and small. So uh, to answer your question, yes. And actually it's going to be default in ERP to 
manage sustainability. I love the fact that every transaction, every movement, every action has both a financial cost and an environmental cost, and we need to track both. As we come to the end of the podcast, and the title of this podcast series is The Future of ERP, if you had to summarize in a sentence or two, what is the future of ERP? I think the future of ERP is to evolve from being a system of record and decision to a system of change that will adapt autonomously to changes happening in the market and helping organizations drive continuous innovation so they become more resilient while continuing to accelerate their growth in the market. Well, thanks, Simo. That was a great conversation. And thanks to everyone for listening to our first Future of ERP podcast. Please mark us as a favorite and you can get regular updates and information about future episodes. So until next time, from OIQ and I and Simo, thank you for discussing the future of ERP.